WXDXFM, Pittsburgh. I hate Tom Brady. He always beats the Steelers. He has five Super Bowl rings, and he wears them like a jackass all the time. And now he's hurt. Kind of. He whacked his hand on a defensive player's helmet and got a few stitches. That's in that right throwing hand. And the rumor is the helmet that he hit belonged to former Steeler James Harrison. Hey, James. Too little. Too late. Brady didn't practice yesterday. And there is at least some doubt about his status for Sunday's AFC Championship game against Jacksonville. So, maybe the Steelers missed the golden opportunity by losing to Jacksonville. Because they would beat New England without Brady. And bookies aren't taking action on the game because Brady's absence would affect things so profoundly. You can't bet. What's a football game if you can't bet? One way or the other, Tom Brady is always sucking the fun right out of everything. But he never gets hurt before the Patriots play the Steelers. Hey, Brady, guess what? You just made the list. I got to believe Brady's going to play. But who knows how effective he's going to be? The NFL and NBC really need Brady to get to the Super Bowl. Because nobody cares about Minnesota, Philadelphia, or Jacksonville. Those are three very non-sexy teams. The list brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing. Did I say that already? Well, I am now. Call 412-367-0815 for all your plumbing, heating, and cooling needs. We got Mr. Friday afternoon with the football picks. He had a good week last week. Went 3-0-1. Three wins with a push in the divisional games. Don't forget, at the end of the year, we will post the poll on Twitter, should Mr. Friday afternoon be brought back, and we absolutely, 100%, will adhere to the result of the voting. If you vote him out, he's gone. And I'm going to say right now, if Mr. Friday afternoon returns to pick games the next year, I will give $10,000 to the charity of his choice. And I don't want to give that money away, so of his choice, he'd probably give it to the home for broken down, jerky football prognosticators. So anyway, he he shows up for what uh, probably two more appearances this week and before the Super Bowl, and then you can vote him out, or if you vote him in, that applies too. He gets to come back. So that's Mister Friday afternoon joining me in about ten minutes. Let's go to Gary and Beaver. Gary, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Gary, you're on the air. Okay, Gary hung up. Let's go to Dustin in Florida. Dustin, you're on with Double M. Hello, Dustin. Hey, Mark, what's up, man? Hey, Dustin. Hey, can you explain to us younger people why the Pirates were so good in the 70s and and what happened? Like, was it ownership? Well, Brian, uh, what's your name, Brian? Dustin. Doesn't matter. Uh, 
uh, it's because in the 70s, uh, up until the latter part of the decade, there was no free agency. So if you had a good team, you could keep it together forever, plus salaries weren't very high because there was no free agency. Uh, only the very best players could hold out for a lot of money because the other people were pretty much interchangeable, very dispensable. So that's why. Then when free agency when free agency hit, it, it took a while, but eventually it was big markets versus small markets, and Pittsburgh became a small market. So the union's never going to go back on that. Uh, the union will never agree to a salary cap. No, there never was yeah. a salary cap, and no, they will never agree to one. They haven't yet. But you, but you are right about the salary floor. I heard you talk about that. That that is definitely should be something they should do. You're right about that, Justin. All right, Mark. Have a good one. Thank you for the call there, Jim. Let's go now to another Jim in South Park. Jim, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Yeah, I was wondering what you think about letting Lev Bell walk and drafting a quarterback to train under Roethlisberger with a new offensive coordinator. Okay, first off, the offense isn't going to change hardly at all, going from Haley to Fickner. Second off, why would you think that Ben Roethlisberger would want to train his replacement as opposed to concentrating on getting the most possible out of his last year or so in the league? And thirdly, don't you think that early draft picks should be used on an inside linebacker to benefit the team right now? They have a chance to win right now. Shouldn't they draft players who can help them win right now? Uh, I don't think they should wait to get a quarterback. I think they wait too long they're going to be screwed. So in other words, you would draft a quarterback what round this year? Uh, first round. So you would draft the quarterback in the first round and ignore the gaping hole at inside linebacker? Yeah, I would let that go. Okay, because you think it's more important to make sure we have a quarterback later for when they probably won't win as opposed to getting an inside linebacker now where if they got one, they probably could win. Correct. Okay. Now, you understand, Jim, that's incredibly illogical. Well, it depends on how you look at it. No, no, no. I well, you're love, right. If you, look at it from the, if you look at it from the smart point of view, it's a bad move. If you look at it from the incredibly dog excrement stupid point of view, it's perfectly acceptable. Anything else? No, that's it. Good call, Jim. If indeed that is your name. Up next... Predicting the games, Mr. Friday afternoon. After that, Brian Metzer from the Penguins Radio Network. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Mark Madden. Yes. Your voice is like sweet nectar to my ears. The last thing we need is a lot of loose talk. Hmm? Hmm? I like it. I like it. The X at 105.9. We now welcome Mr. Friday afternoon. He went 3-0-1 against the spread in last week's playoff games. I went 2-1-1, so we really are a couple of football experts. Although I am not under in-house investigation for sexual harassment and embezzling and associated with nefarious characters with criminal records and also whores of both sexes. Uh, Mr. Friday afternoon, welcome to today's program. What do you talk about embezzlement? Well, I, I can't discuss the investigation publicly. Uh, well, you need to explain because I don't know anything about this. What about associating with whores? Um, I, I mean, I, I've, I've dated a lot of women that have a nefarious past. 
Everyone knows you can sort with prostitutes. Just admit it. I have this this total fabrication on your part. I I have no knowledge that I've been cavorting with prostitutes. What do you mean no knowledge? Did you pay or not? No, never paid. Are you sure? Yeah. Why? Do you have what's going on here? Uh, well, I can't. Again, I can't talk about the investigation in a public. Yes, why, why not? Why not? I can't. I'm. I'm. I'm my. Uh, my uh, oath is the representative of Union One Sixty Six. Well, technically, though, you're not a, a, a union, member. I'm because, not a member because I didn't pay my dues. That's right. So, so like, right. So, what about these whores? What are you talking about? I have evidence that you consorted with whores of both sexes. Give, give me an example. Uh, it, it'll be at the hearing. Uh. Now, there's also a report that you pimped out Stormy Daniels to President Trump. Is that true? Uh, it's any business. I heard you sexually harassed Tom Brady, and he hurt his hand when he slapped you. It's any business. Are you for or against Aziz Ansari? Uh, I'm for Aziz, Aziz Ansari. He really didn't do anything wrong, did he? Uh, other than having, like, a just... Being a little maybe too forward on the date, or just uh, dating a girl that just didn't has never he had, had a, a crummy date. date. Well, maybe for her, but it sounded like he had an all right date. Well, I don't make light of anybody who thinks that somebody went too far. No means no, but again, if you read the girl's account, I mean, I don't know. I, I probably shouldn't comment on it because we're in an era where people can't ever enjoy an uncomfortable moment. Um, Experience. Or they're just waiting for somebody to uh, to have an uncomfortable moment that they can pounce on and basically uh, become judge, jury, and execution, executioner and, and uh, sentence them to the death penalty immediately. Right. But, again, I'm, I am all for this Me Too movement and uh, Time's Up movement, but I don't think Aziz and Zari did anything wrong. Except he's well, not, that, think, except he's well, not always that funny. Well, let me ask you a question. Go ahead. Um, what is your relationship with the uh, the, um, the the website BraddyTees dot com? Uh, well, I'm not under investigation. Yeah, but I, I, there's a, well, you're not under investigation, but I can ask questions. I don't have to answer them. Okay, what is your relationship with BraddyTees with the, the website BraddyTees dot com? Uh, that's none of your business. Okay. okay what is your but- relationship with the two with the, with the, with uh? I know you have a relationship with the website um, FilthySteelWives.com because I think you've met some of the wives. That's not true. That's none of your business. Okay. Well, What's let's pick the games. For change, you're doing good picking the games. Your reputation okay. is already in tatters. I bet you can't give it away on 7th Avenue. Remember that year when I went like 11-2 and two in the playoffs at one point? I was like doing really well. I don't remember that. Okay, what are your picks? Uh, okay, what's the so this line is moving like with the with the Brady news on uh, his hand? What is the actual line as we speak right now with uh, New England and Jacksonville? Well, it's taken off the board right now, and if it remains off the board, that gives you an automatic loss. Okay, let's do this. They they made it seven point five. Okay, when the, when the news came out that he was injured, if he's okay, it'll probably be back up to nine. So I'll make two picks. No, I'm going to take Jacksonville. If the line is nine, Jacksonville plus nine is going to be the pick, and if the line is seven and a half, New England plus seven minus that, seven. That's and a half too freaking complicated. The line's going to be we're going to go with Jacksonville plus seven. Just make a pick. New England. You ruined the show. You know that I come on every I'm, day. This show has such momentum because of my brilliance from three o'clock till five fifteen, and then you come on and you freaking question. ruin it. 
You ruin it because you know you ruin it because you're you're you have no charisma. Your whoremongering has become overbearing. You're embezzling all the stuff. I've had to investigate you. It it does not paint a very attractive picture, Mister Friday Afternoon. Let's point out the facts. Ever since you instituted the hot hand clause, what were your bonuses for your ratings? I've done really well with the ratings. Funny you should ask that. Okay, and was specifically speaking. Since the hot hand clause, how well have your ratings done? It has nothing to do with the hot hand clause. How do you know that? Because it just doesn't. There's no line that can be drawn to connect the hot hand clause with my Is great ratings. Is this part of the show? Is this part of the show? Uh, well, it's in my contract that when you're on, it does not count in my ratings. <laughs> I, I, will not, I will not have my career destroyed by you. What's your other pick? Uh, I'm going to take, what was the line, three? Philadelphia. You got Philadelphia plus three. Yeah, people are, people think Minnesota's going to win though. They do, but I mean, they, they, you know, theoretically speaking, they're coming off such a high off that game and they go on the road in the cold, different situation. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not be really good. Here, here's a good. I, never mind that. Okay, so your picks are New England minus seven, right? Right. And Philadelphia plus three. Those are your picks. Yes. Can I lock those in? Uh, go ahead. Why not? We don't have any sound effect. I'm just going to lock them in. Can I pick the? Can I pick a bonus pick? No. Just well, let's just throw it out there. Take take the Vegas Golden Knights tonight against the Florida Panthers. Well, you're a Vegas Golden Knights fan. Yeah, they're the best team in the, in the West. And they just beat the best team in the East, and they swept. It's the first first team that swept uh, Tampa Bay all, all year. I got an idea. Would you, it would you know? I think you want to talk to your fans first off. Absolutely. You know, let's be honest. You spend a lot of time in Vegas. If Pittsburgh stinks for a couple more years. The possibility does exist. You just might move to Vegas and adopt the Knights as your favorite team. No, that's not true. I have too much radio glory to, to cash in on here. Yeah, Although, you know what I could part? do? What I, if, I will say this, became, though. What if, you make, what if they hired you for the radio in Vegas? I'm sure it pays more than it does in Pittsburgh. I'm sure it doesn't. And uh, I could come. You know what? If I came to Vegas, though, I could I could vort with your whores. Um, would you introduce me to your whores? I, there's only a couple that I know that I, would, that I could introduce you to. But Who I are they? What are their names? Devin Triple X. Okay. And Tegan Presley. She's not a whore. Um, she's a poor star. Doesn't make her a whore. Uh, she has sex for money. They put it on camera. She's an actress, you idiot. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? I'll punch you in the head, head next time I see you. What do you think of that? I think if you, I think if you told Tegan Presley that she was a whore, she would just agree with that. No, no, I can guarantee she would not. She I'll would beat your what? ass up and knock your ass out. Okay, well, let me ask you a question. Why are you defending these whores? I'm not. She's not. You totally are. I am not. Okay. You're, I, I want to categorically note that you're the one Wait who said second. this. You're doesn't, a jerk, Mr. Friday. Doesn't your, friend Brianna, doesn't your friend Brianna Banks refer to herself as the filthy whore? Well, that was the title of one of her DVDs. It was Filthy Whore Volume 2. Well, what happened? What was Volume 1 called? I never saw it. All right. You seem to know an awful lot about all these whores. Just based on my relationship with you and your discussions in the past on your show. Let's go to Virgil in the Hill District. Virgil, you're on with Mr. Friday Afternoon. How's it going, Mr. Friday Afternoon? Hey, Virgil. Hey, so in the Jeff Fisher Bowl, you really think Chris Jericho's favorite team, the Minnesota Vikings, aren't going to win, go into Philly and beat them? 
Well, you're kind of inaccurate on your on your information there because Chris Jericho's favorite team is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. That's correct. I do know that for a fact. Okay, so it's like I uh, I don't you know I don't I don't know uh I just I just have a very very bad feeling that the Philadelphia Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl this year. But you just swore on the air we had to dump you, idiot. Okay, those, those, those you're a jerk. Heads. You ruined the show. Those butt butthead fans. Oh, oh, that's much better. Until, we cut this guy. Up. Cut him off. He's done. Mister Friday News done. Oh, we could fire him for cause. That's tremendous. Uh, anyway, he he picked uh, New England minus seven, Philadelphia plus three. I got Jacksonville plus seven, Philadelphia plus three. Up next, hockey talk. Don't forget, we're having a vote at the end of the year. You can vote Mr. Friday afternoon off the show forever. And I guarantee thy will be done. Brian Metzger up next with Hockey Talk 105.9. Live from the Edgar Snyder and Associates Studios, this is The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, what's happening, Mark? Loud noises! (laughs) (laughs) The X at 105.9. It's double M on the X. The Penguins with a big victory at Los Angeles last night. Joining me now to discuss from the Penguins Radio Network, it's Brian Metzer. Metz, like I said, a big win last night at L.A., especially for Casey DeSmith uh, in goal for Pittsburgh. I kind of thought Jari would start a second straight night, but uh, Coach Mike Sullivan chose otherwise, and it certainly paid off. It certainly did, Mark. I was very happy to see Casey DeSmith finally get a start. He had been sort of lingering with this team, dating back to, I think, his last start in the American League was on the 6th of January. So good to get him in, get some uh, games under his belt. But I was very impressed. I thought he did a great job laterally, getting side to side, made some big stops. And the fact that he was able to smother plays, slow things down when they needed him to, was a big reason why the Penguins won the game. I mean, he made some really solid stops, but he didn't allow many second and third opportunities, and I think that was key for him. It it kept it simple, and and he picked up a big victory. The one down note for Pittsburgh, they conceded yet another goal on a breakaway. Why did the Penguins give up so many breakaways? Well, I think a big part of it right now, at least the way I'm watching it, is they're so used to having the defensemen jump in, and that usually works for them. And I know I've been hearing you talk about this as well, but now they're doing it almost ad nauseum, and it's something that teams are looking for. They try and take advantage of those situations, and they come with numbers. And last night you saw Chris Letang swoop way down into uh, into the zone. He was almost down in the goal crease, and I don't know why he did that. Sidney Crosby wasn't going to see him. I think that's what he tried to do. And the next thing you know, the Kings come on a quick breakout. They catch Brian Dumoulin flat are flat-footed, and they go in on the breakaway and, and score a big goal. So they've got to just tighten it up and maybe keep those defenders back. You don't always have to jump into a play there, specifically in a game that was very close at that point. The power play could do no wrong right now, and it's scoring goals attacking off the rush, which it had not been crazy about even trying before. I love seeing that. And, and to me, a little bit, I think it's you're seeing – some guys out of position where they're not used to being. Phil Kessel's coming down the right side. Sidney Crosby's sort of swooping up into the middle of the ice a little bit, and sometimes he's playing on the left, at least as they break into the zone. You're seeing him find Phil Kessel and or others as they come in off the rush, and it's given them a different look because I I think that 
when it was pretty standard, they would all set up, work the puck around, try and set up Gino over in the faceoff dot for a one-timer. Even getting that center point one-timer that they've done so often hasn't been working this year because teams, I think, have looked at it a little too much. But right now, uh, I, I love the way that they attack with that speed. They've looked a lot more like the Pittsburgh Penguins of two years ago where they use speed a lot to catch teams off guard, and it's working for them, be it 5-on-5 five five or with the man advantage. And that power play could right now make some history. I mean, it looks like they could potentially, if they keep this up, finish with a high, the highest percentage in franchise history, and that would be outstanding because they have the talent to score a power play goal almost every single time they jump the wall. And the fact that they're doing it right now, I, I think, just solidifies the fact that they have the right guys on the ice with the number one unit. The PK has been great, too. Just one power play goal allowed in the last 11 games. And guys like Sid and Gensel are getting some time with that unit. That's always fun, right? When you see Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, maybe. I would love to see Gino get out there because I remember him, Mark, getting a chance in international competition in the KHL, picking off passes almost in a Mario-esque way to go on breakaways and score some shorthanded goals. Now, he isn't getting that chance here, but Sid getting a look is something I've always clamored for because I think he can be a dynamic defensive player. I think he can be a very dangerous player in transition shorthanded as well, so hopefully that's something that starts to work for him. But generally... Penalty killers have been outstanding. 29 of the last 30 over that, over that game span that you just mentioned that they've killed off, and that even makes it sound even more impressive because of the amount of power plays that they've, they've given op- or the opposition. They've had to kill off a lot in some of these games, and they're making it happen in a pretty big way. So it's been a big reason for their success in the month of January where they've now won 8 of 10. That's something that we were hoping would happen as the calendar changed, and the special teams units are really becoming a big part of their success right now. Patrick Cornquist is a free agent at Seasons and Mets. And how do you replace that guy? Two goals last night, and nobody else on the Penguins plays like he does. No, that's exactly right. He's got 14 points in his last 21 games, six power play points, 59 shots, not to mention the intangibles, because you see his mouth. If you, if you catch him on camera whenever we're watching at home or even at the arena, his mouth's always going. And I think that is very valuable in drawing penalties. He's a very a very much an agitating player. I saw Henrik Lundqvist getting pretty, pretty peeved with the countrymen getting right in his face the other night when they played the Rangers. And I don't think you can quantify all the things that Patrick Hornquist does for this team strictly by numbers. It comes down to locker room presence, the way he supports teammates on the ice. He works hard in the corners. He does all the little things that you need to do to be successful. And you can really see why Jim Rutherford identified him as the type of player that could help sort of change culture here in Pittsburgh when he decided to send out what looks like a 20-goal to 30-goal man in James Neal. He's having an outstanding year in Las Vegas right now, but he felt Hornquist would bring a dynamic that they didn't have, and he's been exactly right. I think that they've got to find a way to lock this player up, not not only for the fact that he's a great teammate, but he's an outstanding player on the ice, and everybody seems to appreciate what he brings. We're talking to Brian Metzer of the Penguins Radio Network here on 105.90X. Can Phil Kessel win the scoring title? And if he <laughs> does, will they give the trophy to somebody else like they screwed him out of an All-Star game berth? It, it would be the case. Maybe they can give him a card. You remember when they did that for him in the uh, the fantasy all-star draft back in the day? Right, when he, when he was the last card? guy picked. <laughs> 
he's long been disrespected in those circles. But right now it looks like Phil Kessel has as good a shot as anybody to make a run at it. But I think Evgeny Malkin and Sidney Crosby might have something to say about that because they're not too far behind Phil Kessel right now. They've been playing some outstanding hockey. Phil's the one that looks like out of the three has cold a bit, and that doesn't mean anything bad because he still has 22 points over the span of the last uh, 22 games or so, while Sid and Gino are among the leading scorers in the league since uh, that span of games. So all three of them have been dynamite. They're a big reason for what is happening with the Penguins, but I, I don't think it could happen to a better guy with Phil Kessel being uh, having all the success that he is right now, Mark. I mean, this is a guy that still, I think, in certain circles around the league gets insulted and beat up and disrespected just based on the fact that he has that reputation. And you know what I'm talking about. I don't want to go through it. Everybody knows what people say about him. But he's been the Penguins probably from wire to wire right now, best player. He's the only guy that every single night since the opening drop of the puck has been there. He's found ways to score big goals. His shot's better than ever. And I, I see him doing it in all facets of the game. He's getting in on the forecheck. He's getting back backchecking. He's hitting from time to time. I know it's not often, but his speed's even there. The conditioning is where it's not been in years past, and I think that's made a big difference for him. Well, Mets, let's tell it like it is. They think he's fat, so they make fun of him. Well, unfortunately, I think... And he's uh, not fat. No, he, he's not at all. But I'm fat. Make fun of me. Don't make fun of Phil. <laughs> Mark, you know what? I think we've all been in that situation where you have a few extra pounds and someone has to pick on you for it because it's the easiest thing. It doesn't pass the eye test of some jerk. Well, you know what? Phil Kessel's game right now is passing the eye test, and he's making it happen. And guess what? People can say that about you, me, anybody else. You make it happen on a daily basis as well, my friend. Well, the Pens are 6-2 and two since Justin Schultz got back in the lineup. I'm not sure that's coincidence. Not that he's played at a superstar level, but there's a trickle-down, isn't there, Mets? The defense just lines up much better when Schultz is available. Oh, yeah. I mean, it gives you another puck mover. It gives you another option on the power play. It gives you another guy that uh, just just brings the, the, the speed aspect. He, is, he has good feet. They think he skates very well, and that does trickle down. It allows you to maybe put people in more comfortable positions. And well, Mets, right-handed. That, yeah, that, that's, enough said. That's the biggest thing. I mean, this team does not have enough right-handed shots, and I think that's the, the gold standard in the league. I mean, every team needs more right-handed shooting defensemen, and the Penguins just don't have many available to them right now. That's what made Chad Ruedel so available when he was playing, because he was one of the lone right-handers on this team. But Justin Schultz brings everything to the table. I think Sergei Gonchar has done an outstanding job with rebuilding his game, and we all know that's earned this kid a nice contract now. He's, he, um, the team looks different when he's playing, and that's what probably left us all with a pit in our stomachs last night when he took that dumb hit from behind from Dustin Brown. We're so lucky that he is not an injured player right now because it didn't look good when he was laying on the ice. What's your take on the hit? I thought that was really a, a dirty hit because it wasn't just hitting from behind. It was a cross-check from behind when Schultz was doubly vulnerable because he was down on his knees. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he also slid on his knees for a few seconds before Brown laid the hit tells me he saw him coming. Schultz turned a little bit in towards the boards just with his momentum, and, and Brown clearly had some intent to lay a hit there. You have to be cognizant of that fact as a, a player, that you have a defenseless and vulnerable player on his knees 
face first into the boards. He could have ended his career. He could have broken his neck because he laid the cross check right into the top of his, his shoulders and into his lower neck area there. And they're lucky there wasn't some sort of bone break, let alone a concussion. And I feel like uh, it was a dirty play. I mean, I know after the game, I think it was Josh Yoey tweeted out a quote from him saying, oh, it shouldn't have been anything more than a two-minute penalty, maybe. Well, that's just a, a jackass trying to make light of a situation that he knows he's going to get in trouble for. I, and I expect a little bit more from a player like Dustin Brown. He did have a suspension way back in 2013, I believe it was. He's not known for dirty play, even though he has long been known as a hitter. That was just uncalled for, and I think it was the fact that he had four shots on goal in the first period, wasn't able to score on a rookie goaltender, and he was a little frustrated. And in case you missed it earlier, Dustin Brown has been fined $10,000 by the NHL Department of Player Safety for his hit from behind that cross-check on the Penguins' Justin Schultz. Were you surprised Daniel Sprong got scratched after being benched in the third period at Anaheim on Wednesday? And how do you think Sprong will respond to that when he gets back in? Uh, based on what I've heard of certain opinions of Daniel Sprong in the organization, I wasn't surprised. But the fact that he is the blue chip prospect in the organization and is somebody that's very much capable of scoring goals and fits in nicely on the top line, that made it surprising to me. I don't know that I saw enough in the Anaheim game that told me he should have come out. I know that maybe there were a couple of moments where I saw him not having that same level of jump that he had through the games leading up to it, but I didn't see enough that told me he should have been sat down for a game. Benching him for the third period could have been more than enough to send a message. Now, that said, I'm not one to question Mike Sullivan because usually whatever he does has turned to gold here, but it was a bit of an eyebrow raiser, and I think that the kid who came up to the National Hockey League with a bit of a chip on his shoulder will have that feeling intensified a little bit by take, being taken out. He doesn't want to lose this opportunity right now. He wants to get back into the the good graces of that coaching staff. Don't be shocked that he, if he comes out and scores a big goal and or two if he gets back into the lineup here in the next game. Carl Hagman is producing more. He has a five-game point streak. Is he playing better? I think he's getting a little bit more puck luck, and I know that you usually use that in regard to a guy scoring goals, which he's still not doing a whole lot of. He has one, and I believe it's four assists over the scoring streak that he has right now. I, I just feel like he's, he's using his speed the right way. He's getting himself into those prime areas that he can score. I still can't believe that puck stayed out of the net against the Ducks the other night, where John Gibson was the beneficiary of, I think, two posts on one scenario where Hagelin knocked one back on him. But he, he just looks like he's always in and around the puck right now. And maybe it was just simply getting that one goal, even though I believe that was an empty netter, and picking up some points because a guy starts to build confidence. He starts to put himself in those offensive areas, which then in turn helps him get rewarded for those, that hard work of getting himself into those spots. And I think that's what we're seeing. Overall, I think the effort's been there. He's been moving his feet. He's been skating all season long. It's just that there's a higher level of confidence now, and he's, he's using that to probably put himself in more favorable positions on the ice. I was looking at the standings, Mets, and the Penguins are far from out of the woods. They're still in the last wildcard spot. But my target is for the Penguins to finish second in the Metro. That seems very reasonable to me. I would uh, agree with that. I was looking at that last night after all the games were said and done as we were doing the postgame show, and you have right now the Columbus Blue Jackets in, in striking distance just two points away, so you could leapfrog them and put yourself into third here as soon as the next couple of games if things go the right way. And then the New Jersey Devils, they they might have won two games in a row now, but they're only 4-3-3 three, and three in their last 10. It looks like they might be evening out a little bit. They're not as hot as they were earlier this season, so there's no reason the Penguins could not jump past them and into second places. As well, and I do believe that the Capitals probably will hold that number one spot, which makes it perfect for the Penguins to just stay there in the 
number two slot once they pass Columbus and New Jersey, which is just mere points away, as we just pointed out. Mets, great stuff. Thank you for taking the time, and we will see you at the rink next week. Sounds like a plan, Mark. Thanks for having me. I always enjoy it. That's Brian Metz from the Penguins Radio Network. It's not time to ask Mark anything, but today we're doing it by Twitter. Tweet me at Mark Madden X. You're listening to 105.9.